Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Chris Davis from Active Campaign. How are you doing, Chris? Chris, I'm doing great, man. I can't wait for the podcast. <laughs> Before I start a podcast, I usually write down the person's name at the top just so <laughs> in case I ever forget, but I do not need to do that with you. So thank you for uh, yes. making that easy. I was on Chris's uh, podcast, the Active Campaign podcast. It was a great episode. He's a great interviewer. Um, so I'm really looking forward to where this conversation goes. Um, Chris is the director of Act- education at Active Campaign. Active Campaign is a CRM uh, email marketing tool. Uh, we use it. It's actually our main uh, email marketing CRM tool at Lifter LMS. We've been using it for years. We love it. Um, we use it with our WooCommerce store. Uh, depending upon some of our training courses that we use for internal training and training the public, uh, we're applying tags through uh, something called WP Fusion to get that uh, contact and that data into Active Campaign. So we're kind of, you know, it's all kind of mixed together, but yeah. I want to <laughs> start by asking you, we talk a lot on this show about creating s- courses, selling courses, marketing courses, instructional design. Sometimes this concept or this segment of the market called internal training doesn't get enough attention as it should. What is internal training and how do you approach it? Yes, man. I'll I'll define what it is and I'll give you like my three pillar approach (laughs) for the Department of Education. And, you know, before I say it, it's, you know, you and I were talking, it's, it's really tough at times because this is a new space. You know, if you Google director of education, you're going to get a bunch of universities. <laughs> and this is totally different because this is active campaign kind of trailblazing and making a strong case of why a company, fast growing company, should focus time and effort on, on education. So when you do that, what I found in my time here is internal education is critical. And you can, you can define internal education, internal education easily by saying it's the the process or effort to ensure your employees are as well versed or better than your customers. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's super cool. Right, because here's the thing: you're gonna have power users, Chris. Yep. You're gonna have power users, and they spread the word. Community. Now we're Web 3.0. Maybe it's 4.0. Now I don't know what point we're at, but <laughs> people are sharing knowledge faster. Right. So now when someone fills out a support ticket or they come to you for an answer and the answer that you that would have been okay a few years ago. But now since they know more about your platform than you, now it looks it's a bad light on your customer service and the customer experience. So that creates a huge opportunity for internal education to say, okay, my job is to ensure that when someone calls at bare minimum, you're at the same intellectual level, not just that. in the application, but all of the areas around the application, right? Marketing, you know, business planning strategy and all of those things. Yeah, that is, that is a great insight. And, you know, there's a lot of focus on education-based marketing where you use courses to get leads, free courses and email mini courses and all these things. But what about once you've got that lead? I mean, that happens to us also as a software company where, there's power users. There's people that have been like developing inside our Lyft LMS is WordPress based. Yeah. Uh, WordPress has been around for a while. If like a web developer comes in who knows how to recode and everything and they're looking for something, 
you know, we need to be able to meet them where they're at with their support yes. question. So yeah. that's a, that's a really good point. Um, let's talk about some of the other benefits of internal training. I've always thought about like, uh, you know, sometimes like the traditional approach at a new job is people will be like, all right, you're going to shadow Jane, hang out with Jane. And it's, it's really like kind of inefficient. And Mm -hmm. what if Jane's an all-star? What if she quits? Like there's, you know, so can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's, you know what I like to, I like to, use what is often a disadvantage as an advantage, right? So for most companies, you're going to struggle in one area, and it's because of technology and just how things have changed. People going to social media as the primary means of support. It, oh my goodness, it drives every SaaS owner right now just was, yes, it was a rejoicing. (laughs) Yes, I know. Why do people go to social media? So the thing I like to do is switch it, right? Like it's already going to be a thorn. So when, when I'm getting somebody up to speed or like when you, when, like you said, the shadowing, the process of really defining up what that, that internal education is, I use what people are posting on social media and I use those as teaching points because even when someone's complaining, they're saying something right. And, and, I don't want to say everybody has something valid to say. Some people should just leave the computer alone and go do something with their time. But a lot of times people don't know how to ask the question. Um, Maybe the question that they're asking really isn't about what they really need help with. So being able to listen to it and then take it back and break it down internally and say, hey, look, this is what what they're asking. And if I'm not breaking it down internally, I'm using that to guide the type of content I'm creating internally, right? Because I view it as the, 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 the education internally as a, it's an insurance plan, yeah. right? It is your insurance plan because not only does it, is it your aid to help ensure that everybody on board is, is savvy and up to speed. But like you said, if, if so-and-so leaves, you're not at a total loss. There's still a learning curve but you have some resources there. Capture the value. Exactly. And I, I love to pull it from real life experience. So communities or whatnot, but not raw. If you pull it raw, that's, (laughs) that's where people, you know, you lose it. You've got to run it through an intelligence filter, you know, which most of the time is me saying, okay, this is, this is why you keep seeing this question. Yeah. It's always the question behind the question. And and like, what's the sub con- what's the subtext? Because people don't, in support anyways, people don't always, um, they don't know, they're not necessarily aware or they don't know how to ask the question in the exact perfect way. There you go. There so you go. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, uh, like at Lift Your LMS, we have a training course and mm-hmm. our customers can take it. Our prospects can take it. If somebody new is coming on to support, I make sure they take it. So like you said, they have at least the same starting point. Yes. Um, but then there's some things that in internal training that are, you know, it's really just inside the company. It's not for the public. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of courses can companies benefit from making internal training about that are really just kind of behind the IP wall? Yes. Yes. So IP being intellectual property or they're private. Right. They're not meant for public. <laughs> Yeah, this is a really good question because 
the the basic check mark is your HR and compliance and all of that, right? But then where it gets really interesting is with feature releases, right? Okay. You the if you think about a feature release, you have the basic functionality what it does. Most of that can be fed, you know, through an IP filter still and reach externally and it pro- it pretty much be the same match. But what you want to do internally is give insight to your employees on how people would be using it, what they'll trip up on, and what it doesn't do. Now, the second you publish that customer facing, <laughs> what it doesn't do, it could yeah. be the greatest feature ever, Chris. And yeah. you'd be like, now with the click of a button, have your shopping cart built, customers coming in, payment being taken, and all of this money directly deposited into your account. Yeah. And it could not do one thing, but you can't change the color of the button. Right. <laughs> all they, everybody would be like, it sure would be nice if my button could match my brand. Forget the fact that you can make millions of dollars just by pushing the button. You know, they yeah. focus on that one little thing. So what we, what we do often is prepare them. I think I heard, I think it was a comedian. I can't remember. It may, it may have been Kevin Hart. It, it was one of the comedians that was, that they pretty, their, their perspective was, I will make fun of me before you do. So I take that power away. It's the same approach. So let me highlight these the limitations of it so I can educate you internally on it. So when you see it in a support ticket, you'll be able to handle it. When you're on a success call, you're already primed to be able to handle it because you're aware of it instead, in, instead of a customer highlighting that shortcoming and taking you by surprise. I think that's such a powerful insight because, you know, one of the things that course creators, membership site people have to do is, you know, part of the, the expert, the community builder, the instructional designer, the technologist and the entrepreneur, it's a lot to juggle. But one of the expert things is being a guide. So if you have that, like you, like me, I've been in it a while. I can hear in my head literally what customers are going to say before they see that new feature. I, yes. then my business partner, Thomas, will tell me when he's bringing something over to me, I can tell he's kind of a little bit edgy. Uh, all right, I just want you to know as soon as we release this, <laughs> this is what they're going to ask for. And we have a whole system like this is how feature requests go. This yeah. is how voting happens, all this. But uh, he has that Jedi um, you know, he knows what the customer is going to say before it, it hits broad daylight. Yep. And I think that's part of leadership is, um, you know, just helping people who perhaps haven't, aren't as highly developed internally inside the company. Uh, they're relying on the leadership for those kinds of insights and advance notice. And then yeah. now you're helping them develop their Spider-Man sense. Exactly. And Chris, I use everybody, man. I, I'm a department, but I feel like everybody here is part of my department and and because everybody has a different intelligence level in this stuff. So I like to talk to people who have no clue. I'll talk to our events manager, our, our finance officer, right. About these features and see what questions they ask. Cause I know by default, I'm too close. I just understand it too much. So I don't always have to go out to a Facebook community and all of those things to get like, a raw first impression when I say it, hey, what do you think this does? They're like, oh, great, you'll be able to do this and that. Actually, no, no, you wouldn't be able to do that, but that does make sense <laughs> you know, for us to be able to do that. That's super cool. How, how do you promote like a culture of learning inside a company? Because not every company, like you said, this is new stuff. This is not 
the director of education isn't a position that most yeah. companies have. Like, I mean, creating that position is part of that, but what, what, how do you create that inside of an or a company? Yeah, I'm going to preface this one by telling everybody, Chris, if you ask me this three months from now, <laughs> it will probably be a little different. I think the, the underlying, like the core will be the same, but when, wh- how I look at it is, it's, yeah, it's interesting because what you don't want, you don't want people to approach education as a checkbox. The, okay. the checkbox yeah. approach like is a- your enemy. When you hear the words like mandatory, required, continuing education yes. requirements, I mean, yes. that's big business, but that's not necessarily the culture you want. Right? Dude, it is. Okay. <laughs> so for instance, let, let's get transparent. Um, so, <laughs> so for instance, we use a plat internally, the platform that we use for our training is called Lessonly. Mm-hmm. Now, I no knock again. Lessonly knows I have nothing but appreciation for them. Great company out of Indiana. They just had a conference. We went to a team, loved it. Um, however, when I get an email from Lessonly, do you know what it says? Assignment due. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have been assigned and then the name of the course. Immediately that puts me in checkbox mode, right? Yeah. Immediately it's like, oh, I'm already busy. Yeah. I already have stuff to do. And what hurts me, Chris, is if you go to my educational content that has been created, and you treat it like a checkbox, which means you're just browsing through it really quick to take the quiz and be done. <laughs> right. That doesn't help me. So how do you how do you create this culture of learning? We're really right in the thick of it. And one is changing the language. So we have an open ticket out to Lessonly. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> is there a way that we can just change, make our own notification text for one? And then two is uh, Jamie. She's she's the one that does all of our internal education courses. She adds she adds gifts, right? Like she makes it fun. So we had one on fishing. I think it was fishing. Yeah, pH fishing. Um, and it was it was so good. It, like it was so funny. The images she was using and everything just to lighten it up to make it. It it's almost like getting kids to eat vegetables. You know, you dress it up. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of sneak it in. Like when, when I was a kid, my mom had to sneak it in. And yeah. then by the end, she's like, hey, Chris, you just ate peas. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> you got me, right? So it's almost like making the experience so fun that you forget your learning, yeah. right? And at the end, you have learned. And you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, um, yeah. I, I think about that actually when I'm like kind of conceptually designing software. Uh, I think back to my real life out before internet, pre-internet, um, I mean, learning happens everywhere. There's some experiences when you're learning something like riding a bike, playing basketball, rock climbing, or, you know, taking machines, TVs apart and putting them back together, whatever it is, where you're intrinsically motivated from the inside. Yep. It's not a mandatory extrinsic checkbox you got to do. So, I mean, so there is a place for those kinds of courses. I mean, some people need compliance stuff. Absolutely. But Can't get away from it. If motivation is a factor you want people to be like internally motivated i just wanted to say that right yeah and 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 also um accountability accountability comes in we've we started um doing reporting so that departmental we can see hey look you're you're under 50 percent what what are you going to do to get that number up there Who, who do you need to talk to and then give the managers access to that report on a person level so that they can go and check in and push for people 
to get them completed. Um, other things like internally, it's a it's a bit easier to get feedback than if you if you have like a customer facing um, portal. But internally, we can ask. We ask like, hey, is there anything a that didn't make sense or any courses you would like to see? And what what's been really nice, uh, Jamie is a champion of, of most of the ideas that I'm telling you, and um, and one of the most recent ideas she had was like, you know what? To get people excited about it, we can put people in them, so now they can co-author these lessons. And if you're a co-author to a lesson, now not only are you guaranteed to take it, <laughs> right, but you're going to share with your your coworkers. Hey, this is one that I did. Did you take it yet? You know, this, this, and that. So really just making people feel involved in the process, seeing themselves in it, and also making it enjoyable goes a long way. Now, that's beyond just understanding this is your job and you need to do that. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> you yeah. got to do that. Um, and then I would say, like, the third piece is marketing it internally. So, um, Oh, internal Chris, marketing. That's the right. Cool. Cool idea. It's not just about selling the public, right? Dude, listen, Chris, Chris, <laughs> listen to this. This is hot off the press. You caught me at the right time, man. So <laughs> I was walking into the office the other day and I, I ran through a mental exercise that we do as marketers, right? As marketers, you look at you look at your your website, you look at everywhere that you can place messaging and, and you list those out. You take inventory. Okay, my login page, I can use that for capturing. Um, okay, the bottom of a blog post. Oh, the thank you page. Oh, when people are about to exit. So you have a list of all of these places you can capture. Well, Chris, I came into work one day and I'm looking at the TV monitors displaying, you know, they're displaying uh, <laughs> announcements. Yeah. We've got a blackboard that, that's written on it that shows the lunch every day. Yeah. Right. We've got all of these display internal display networks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness. These can serve as subtle reminders for internal marketing of the completion, of the educational content. So that's the other piece is using your internal because you know what? Um, Slack is good. Email is good. But a lot of times those things just the uh, fatigue, you know, they've got ad fatigue. It's just you get used to it. You get used to seeing those messages. So you don't always check them. You don't always give them the, the attention that they need. But when you see a physical sign with something written, when you see something on the monitor, it's pretty hard to ignore it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the other piece that's, and, and all of it is so fun because it's so new and to see the results like immediately is just like, Oh my gosh, it worked. You know, that is awesome. I've never thought of that internal marketing. That's you. I'm, my brain's going to be busy for a week. Thanks for that. Uh, another thing you mentioned was uh, making it making it more fun. And the I can't remember where I heard this phrase, but it's wallet closing words. Like if you're writing copy or whatever. So in the online education uh, space, you know, a quiz or a test, like you may have a negative emotional reaction to those words based on your, you know, how you felt about school. Yep. But if you call it a challenge or you don't have to call it a course, you can call it something else. You know, whatever you're putting on that internal display network, yeah. it doesn't have to be, did you take the quiz today? It could be like, have you accepted the challenge or whatever else? Yes. <laughs> yes. So like words, how we frame things in. And I hear people resonating a lot. I would imagine this, especially in the internal training, is they like it to be fun. And, you know, they like to see people just being themselves and mm -hmm you know, keeping it authentic and not too stuffy. Yep. So yep. absolutely. 
Well, let's let's switch gears over to talk about completions and you know automations alongside courses. So everybody wants, you know, the dirty little secret in the uh, online courses and membership sites is really low completion rates. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that's true for internal training unless it's required as well uh, on the net. Um, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, it's, you know what, I, as a, as an evolving educator, um, I, I find myself torn and in, in, in my beliefs, <laughs> I have to preface my beliefs that these are from experience. These are not theoretical beliefs, but you know what, at the end of the day, Chris, you just have to know what you're doing right? And you have to know what you're trying to achieve because for some people, completion is the achievement. And for others, completion, they, they, they may not realize, but completion assumes the achievement. Yeah. I just right? want to throw in some age old wisdom. Life's the journey, not the destination, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so what I found, so if we talk about just strictly course completion, there's the automation is more of a supplement instead of a driver. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like for instance, your platform, Lifter LMS, if after the completion of a module, lesson, chapter, whatever, whatever you want to set the milestone to, if I received like a pop-up or some like congratulations, confetti, whatnot, that increases my chances of continuing, right? We're talking about gamification now, right? Yeah. Um, if I can see my progress, progress bars on my dashboard when I see all the courses I have access to, and then there's progresses on each one, just human nature, you're tapping in, oh, I need to complete that, right? right. So there are things that you can do and most of your completion rate uh, effectiveness is gonna come from the in-platform experience, right? Now, outside of the platform, excuse me, um, outside of the platform, you have automations as a supplement. And I, I'll give you all an, an automation that I, I, I like to run the most. Um, we have one in, in our uh, marketplace that's like the webinar follow-up, and it's using goals. And the, the essential functionality of it is the goal prevents you from getting a previous email that you shouldn't have received based on when you opt in. So if my webinar is on the 10th, and I opt in on the fifth, I won't get a reminder that somebody who opt in on the seventh would have gotten, you know, right. or the third, I should say, I, could, I should go further back. So anyway, so the, so the mindset is this, I have reminders set up, but if you achieve the goal, you'll never get that reminder. Right. Okay. So basic, I, I want to try to keep it as basic as possible. If I had five modules, I now have five goals, right? Completed module one, two, three, four, and five. Before each of those goals, I have reminders or I have like prompts to say, hey, it's been a week. You haven't finished ch uh, chapter one, uh, module one. Now, I would never write an email like that. I would send an email with a subject line like something wrong, question mark. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, just want to make sure you're able to log in and get to module number one. It's packed with this, that. Give them the link and get them back in. Now, if somebody goes through the course, they'll never receive any of those emails. Right. So if you if you look at automation in that way, it's a supplement outside of the in app experience, like the in academy experience to help with completion. It brings us to the question of completion. And is it important? I am of the mindset. Educators, brace yourselves. 
I am of the mindset that we have, we have, <laughs> we have put too much, too much focus on completion rates. Right now, again, there's an asterisk here. It is all dependent on your business model, but what what you'll find in the learning experience and in students of learning, an individual in a setting, if, whether you go to a conference, whether you're learning online, if if we could if we could envision someone having a basket of learning, the size of that basket can only hold a nugget or two. Right. So if your course is packed with 50 nuggets and you think that somebody's going to walk away with all 50, your expectations are, are wrong, my friend. Right. And you're you're setting yourself up for failure. And the truth be told, what's specific to online courses, sometimes most of the time, actually, and, and it's all relative to your price point and how you've positioned it. But most of the time, one nugget is enough for the entire course value. Worth the price of admission. The, the, the worth the price of admission. One nugget, Chris. You solved one. I enrolled in your course, and I was sold on twelve modules. Oh my gosh, I get so many modules. After three, I had what I needed. I think that's a really important point. <clears throat> and I'm just going to make up a hypothetical mm-hmm. course. Like if I was doing, or somebody was doing a course on like having your first child and getting ready for that. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I may have a lot of ideas in there, but there may be one in there that like, you know, for the rest of that person's life, they're going to be like, you know what? I am so glad that that one lesson was what I needed to hear. Yes. The other 27 things were valuable, but uh, we're not all the same. People are different. You know, they have different contexts and, you know, they have different, they may value things different than you do as the course creator. Yep. And it, it shifts, it shifts my entire approach now because now I'm building out courseware of course for a specific audience right but i want to put my my goal is not now oh they need to learn all of this my goal now is wherever you get the nugget get the nugget you know and and it it brings us to like the next point is i just i'm a big fan of lifetime access Mm -hmm. you you know what i'm saying of course it depends on your model but if you've got you know all of these nuggets in your course it it bodes well for your retention and just the security of the student to know like listen i only completed 30% and this 30% helped me 5x my revenue but just so they know that i can go back and get more nuggets even if they never go back is value in itself you know what i'm saying i totally know what you're saying uh i mean maybe 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I I read the popular productivity book, Getting Things Done. And there's some concepts in there about uh, like capturing stuff and having all these different buckets to put things in to be really productive. I'll still like come across that guy on another podcast somewhere and I'm like, there he is again. And and uh, (laughs) I'll like pick something else out that I didn't get the first time. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Multiple passes and having a resources is really important. Yep. I wanted to ask you about teaching because I think I listened to your podcast and I think you're a great teacher. And one of the things you were saying, it was the question you were teaching about active campaign and it had to do with, should I delete my contacts that, uh, and you did not go right to the answer. You went into this whole like story and me as like an active campaign user, like you knew where I was at. I'm like, man, I should just get rid of all those people. And then you said, 
like, and this is like through like a three, four minute story I heard, but what if they come back in? Don't you want all those like tags and everything still there? I'm like, that's it. What? <laughs> and there were some other reasons too, but I'm like, that that was the reason for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to forget. I'm not going to worry about those guys and no, they don't count against my thing or whatever. Right. But how do you teach you? Cause it, it, what's your approach if you were going to, yeah. Give somebody some advice on how to teach effectively. What are some tips you have? Yeah. And, and I think for me, it's an extra, it's the challenge is a bit extra because I'm mainly teaching of technical things, mm-hmm. right? So if you weren't teaching technically, you could probably get away with doing a portion of what I'm doing, but it's required for me. So one of, one of my keys to teaching is no technical words, right? Yeah. Like I, I do, I will, over explain even though it's a technical topic yes right even though it's a technical topic so instead of saying email email may seem basic but if i say if you would like to send communication in the form of say an email (laughs) now (laughs) it took extra words but that individual who maybe is not familiar with email has now even got a, a better understanding of email right so taking my time I am not afraid to overexplain because I'm always thinking of the person who's never heard this because the people who know it, it, it almost like it strokes their ego. Right. Oh, I know what he's, he's talking about email, you know, and it's, it's like, it makes them feel good where I used to think of that person be like, Oh no, they won't listen. Cause they think I'm an idiot. You know, like they think I don't know the official term for this. So that's the one thing in the, the number two is life, man. You have to take it from life and make it relatable to life. No fantasy, you know, like cases that or, or, or examples that don't make sense. I love to use analogies that if it's not something that I know you're experiencing, I know it's something you can relate to. Right. And especially with with yeah. uh, with yeah. automation, you know. So so, for instance, um, I very rarely use the word segmentation when I'm teaching. I'll use the word grouping. Nice. Right. And, 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 and I'll give you an example. In our onboarding, uh, I like to teach people on the effectiveness of speaking specifically to an individual. Now, we all know that segmentation, right? Yeah. Now, I use the example of being in, in, a, in a, uh, a, a superstore or, 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 or like a grocery store or something like that. And someone on the, over, uh, in, on the uh, comm system says, uh, sale, sale in aisle 12, everybody, sale in aisle 12. Right now, you may think I just told everybody, everybody is going to run this to to aisle 12. But guess who would be more, more prone to take action are the people around aisle 12, let alone in aisle 12. So what if you had instead of on the the comm system, an employee walk up to the people in aisle 12 and say, hey, there's a sale right here, 50 percent off. Your completion rate, <laughs> those people, is probably going to be 100%. Now, once they've gone to aisle 12, yes, they can go back out to other aisles and tell them about it, and that's going to be a lot more effective, right? So essentially what I'm breaking down is sending a broadcast email versus sending targeted emails based on where people are. That's essentially what I'm talking about. But if I can take it out of the technical world, Chris, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To get out of the technical world, not use technical terms, it seems that people are more easily able to make the connection. And then yeah. when they go back to the technology, it makes sense. That is so powerful. And I think that's one of the experts' curse is the techno babble and the three-letter yes. and acronyms <laughs> and lingo and the 
uh, you know, the conversion optimized segmentation, whatever. Yes. <laughs> it's, yep, it's right. <laughs> you gotta, uh, unless you're students, which are like exactly where you are, but then you wouldn't be a teacher, right? That's it. Right. Um, I, I wanted to ask you like kind of one final question or area of a few questions for someone who's just getting into a tool like active campaign. Um, I've been around marketing automation and CRM for a bit now. And over time, I've, it's, you know, I've made things like overcomplicated. Then I, I learn, I learn, I learn what works, what doesn't. I go to trainings. I learn from people like you, listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I burn it down. I rebuild it. But I just think about what it was like when I was first getting into um, CRMs and marketing automation. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what advice do you have for someone who's looking to learn uh, a tool like active campaign, like where should they start? What, what are the key areas to focus on? Like what's level one and then what, and what, what's level two that they can save for later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Um, shameless plug. It, it's actually one of the reasons why right now we're building out of getting started with active campaign course Yeah, just to be able to solve that easily. But if, if I were to tell somebody how to approach our tool, my my response would be the same to approaching any tool in marketing automation, right? Um, the best thing that you can do is be very clear with what you're currently doing, right? Uh, I tell people all the time, marketing automation is a magnifier of what you're doing. So if you don't know what you're doing, it will magnify and let more people know that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> if you know right, what you're doing, right, right. it will let more people know exactly how much, how well you, you, you know um, what you're doing. So it, when you're coming in, it's in, like my, my definition of marketing automation is employing technology to execute your marketing strategy with the key word around employing. So whenever you hire somebody, you always have a job description. So how do you hire a tool with no description on what you want that tool to do for you? I think you nailed it right there. I mean, people, people <laughs> right. myself included, buy tools prematurely sometimes or start looking at the feature set of the tool to figure out what I'm going to do. And that's kind of the right. approach. Exactly. And it's hit or miss, right? More times you'll miss than hit. It's like going to the grocery store on an empty stomach. Everything looks good then. And then when you're full, you get home like, why did I buy these Cheez-Its with cream cheese? <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking in garlic? So, um, but yeah, so you, 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 you want to be able you know, like for me, I want to be able to let somebody know, like, this tool is an employee. You you are paying a salary, right? Like if it's $20 yeah. a month, that's the salary you know, <laughs> right. and expect it to work. Now, once you're signed up with the tool, it's specific to active campaign. You have to know who you're marketing to understand your segments. Chris, people do not spend enough time on their set, like segmenting their contact database. I'm not talking about listing. Do I use multiple lists or do I use text? I'm talking about what type of communication do you want to send out, right? Like what's your ongoing communication? What's your drip feed communication? And what is your sales communication, right? Like what is that and who is it for? If you can define that and we have the segments, now we can get into like the lead generation part and all of that and say, okay, for this segment, I want to offer this. For this segment, I want to offer that. Now we go into the forms. Right now that you've got your contacts, your your way to ca- your your contact, your existing contacts, a way to capture new contacts. Now let's get into the automation. And how do we connect 
with the existing and new contacts. That would be my approach starting out specifically in active campaign and overall. I love that analogy of like hiring an employee with the software in the same way to tie it back to how this conversation began. If we're creating internal training and you see yourself or somebody else in the organization without technology training a new hire and it works out really well, then the question is, how do I take the LMS and the video camera and the screen sharing and capture that value forever? Yes. Not let me open up this course tool and like see what the features are and maybe I'll figure something out. <laughs> yes, man. Yes, Chris. Yes. That was good stuff. Well, I know you, the listener out there, have found at least one nugget that was yeah. worth the, the price of admission. Chris Davis from Active Campaign, thank you for coming on the show. How can the listener connect with you? Yes, uh, I make it easy. All of the, you can see the educational content at play, um, activecampaign.com forward slash learn. If you're, you're into the social media thing, um, I'm on Twitter. Don't judge me. Other people say you should be everywhere, Chris. I'm working on it. But uh, Autobiz Chris is my tag on Twitter. And yes, come check me out. If you go to activecampaign.com forward slash learn, you can sign up for office hours. I run those every Friday at 1 p.m. You could sign up for one on one with the success team, get some educational content. It's, it's pretty much all there for you at the education center. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. Yep. No problem, Chris. Thanks for having me.